What is up, guys? Welcome to the Built Elite Training Podcast. It is your host and head coach, Isaiah Bauck. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have a very exciting topic that I'm talking about today. I'm super passionate about this topic, and um, we're going to be talking about RIR for muscle growth. What the heck is RIR, um, which is reps in reserve, um, something that I growing up as you know i've been i've been training for about seven years and uh for a while i always always taught uh rpe um rate of proceed exertion but once i learned rir which they are very similar um rir just really helped me um understand what it meant to train hard and how many more reps i had before technical failure and so today guys i'm gonna kind of first off break down what rir is you know, how you can go about it. Um, there's three things and three ways I'm going to talk about that are going to help you, um, you know, understand, hey, what is your RIR of three? What's your RIR of two? What's your RIR of one? And how you can get close to that day in and day out and just get muscle growth. You know, one of the reasons why people hit plateaus and they don't get to the next level with their hypertrophy training, they don't see muscle growth within their training is because they don't understand what it means to train hard. And like I said, I'm super passionate, everything about training hard and training smart, because you, you can train hard, you can take RIR and say, oh, well, I'm just going to train to failure. Well, you don't want to do that all the time, because what happens is, is when you train to failure, consistently and you develop that fatigue, nervous system fatigue, um, and you pretty much put your body into an area where it cannot heal itself. And I'm going to talk about to your biofeedback, your stress, your recovery, your, your nutrition supplementation a little bit here and there. But if you train to a point where you think you can continue to train in that some maximum, maximum recoverable volume, you're going to find yourself that you're going to lag, things are going to happen, and you're just not going to see the growth that you want to see. Okay. So again, breaking down RIR, reps in reserve. What it really means is how many reps you have before failure. This helps set up your intensity for the exercises that you choose to do. This helps you understand what are top sets, what are warm-up sets. These are two really big things because I see this way too often. For an example, let's do make, make something super simple here. It's like a leg extension. Someone goes on the leg extensions and they shoot for 12 to 15 reps. Okay. They hit 12 to 15. They sit there for what? 90 seconds to two minutes. And then they go for another 12 to 15. Well, processing through the mind. Well, how many more reps did you, did you have till failure? Did you actually train hard? Was that a warm up set? Was that a top set? If you guys kind of get that flow, it's very important to understand how many reps you have close to failure. Cause that is where you're going to see the most mu muscle growth. And to break that down to make it straight up and simple, anywhere between an RAR of zero, so that would mean you have you have um, no reps in the tank, to two, meaning you have two left before the tank. So you have to understand being able to get that range. So let's break this down with the RAR. So you're getting into your training session. You're like, okay, Isaiah, you know, anywhere between zero to two reps of reserve. I need to get close to failure. Again, mechanical tension is the number one driver for muscle growth. You need tension. I just had a podcast on this tension versus sensation. What's the difference? You know, tension, when I put like my hand on my forearm and I'm flexing, that's tension. That's that sensation. That's tension. Okay. 
So this is how we're going to break it down. Three things that help determine your RIR. Number one is your rep speed when failure is super close. This is probably one of the most best ways to figure out your RIR. Okay. Example, doing a dumbbell chest press. You're shooting for 12 to 15. What's your rep speed once you get to 13, 14, 15? You know, I always say if you get to that 15 mark and your reps look like your first two or three, you're probably doing too light of a load if your goal is 12 to 15 reps. That rep speed, the way that dumbbell is pressed from the low, the length into the shortened position will really help determine your RIR. So for an example, if you use 50 pound dumbbells and you're doing a dumbbell chest press and you get to 12 or 13 reps, you get to that 12 to 13 rep mark and you get to that 13th rep and you are fighting for your life. Again, still good form because you still, again, you want to go certain sets, reps, you want to go to mechanical failure, but you don't want to break it. And a lot of people, they think, well, I'm going to train to failure and they go to failure. And what happens is they just break form. But having that rep speed, being able to get from the low length position and that speed in which goes from alpha to bravo, A to B, is that speed is going to determine, it's going to really help see, okay, well, was that close to failure? And experience plays a big role in this. You know, when you first start out, everything is going to be, you shouldn't even be obsessed with RIR when you first start lifting. If you are still needing to learn how to build skill, you shouldn't even be thinking about a rep range. You shouldn't even be thinking about that. What you need to be thinking about is building skill and building form around those movements. But that first one is going to be a big game changer is just having that mindset of when you set up the exercise and you stabilize the exercise, and then you initiate with the exercise that you understand that once you get to that rep range of example, 12 to 15, that your rep speed gets very hard. Those last two, three, one, all that right there is going to be the hardest grinder sets. And that right there would be a top set. Okay. Now the next one, which I also really like to do is called verbal RIR test talk. So this, this is a verbal talk. I do this. And I say this to all of my clients when they first start their mesocycles, which I'll be talking about like an example pre um, mesocycle, like how would you put this into this? But verbal test talks are probably one of the best things because I coach most of my clients are online. I have clients um, that I coach here in Minnesota um, and also virtually online. And a lot of those clients I do not see in person. So I am not virtually there. And you listening to this podcast right now, and you're going to go train chest today, or you're going to train back. I'm not going to be there to watch your rep speed. And I'm not going to be able to be there to see, you know, how you are doing that set with that, that, uh, that top set, but verbally speaking out how many reps you think you have left before failure is a game changer. I started doing this probably a couple of years ago because I'm telling you, and there's actually research out, out, out on this mass um, has some pretty good research. Some of the guys back there did some really cool studies about this of like what people really thought their RIR was and really it wasn't. But this test talk, um, Jeff Nipper talks a lot about this as well. And I'm going to give you guys an example here is say you're doing that 12 to 15 reps. Okay. Say you're doing that 12 to 15 reps and you think to yourself, okay, you're getting to 12 and you're like, oh, I probably got like three left. And you verbally say that once you hit 12, I got three left. Okay. You go to 13, you go to 14, you go to 15, you go to 16, 
You go to 17. Okay, so say you go to 17 or 18, and then you get to complete failure. So this test talk, you need to go to failure. Remember that you need to go to failure. But you just told yourself you only had a couple left at 13 or 12 or 13, and you got actually 18 reps. What does that mean? Well, it means that you pushed past that rep range, which would be a good indication if you had good form to add load. Okay, this verbal RIR test talk will tell you if you need to add more load to that movement. You know, same with, a, say, a hack squat. Say you're in that hack squat position and you get to 13 reps and you're huffing and you're puffing, you're tired, you're fatigued. You're like, oh, I only got one more. And say I'm there coaching you and you get to the 13th rep and you think you only had one more and you go to 14 and then you go to 15 and then you go to 16 and then you go to 17. Maybe you go to 18 and 18th is the hardest one. That is the one that literally that was your last rep or else you wouldn't have been able to even get that machine up. That right there will tell you, okay, well, you actually had 18 when you thought you had 13 or 14. What does that mean? You need to add load. Now, let me tell you this. When you start doing this, when you start actually understanding what it means to have one to two, zero, one to two reps before failure, and you're actually training, this is where the soreness can happen. This is when real soreness can happen. You know, when you first start lifting, I remember when I first started lifting, I wasn't really training to failure. I was just kind of moving weight, you know, just trying to get the pump, whatever, doing whatever I was doing. Um, and I got sore because it was just new muscle fibers were stretched, shortened range of motion was all over the place. And uh, I just got sore. But when you start, you know, doing this test talk, let me tell you, and let me know if you guys start doing this test talk for yourself to determine your RIR, let me know, let me know how it, it went. Let me know what you think of it. It's a great thing to do. Sometimes people might look at you because you're saying out loud, you, you can say it in your mind as well, but it's good to say it out loud because you can just verbally say it and then push past that. Because I'm telling you this so many times, not just myself, lots, lots of times myself, but other people, my clients, your mind is going to want to tell you you're done. Your mind is going to tell you you don't have that last couple reps. It's going to want to, um, you're going to, especially legs. All right. Who loves, if you get nervous about leg day, or you have a little bit of the anxiety about leg day, then you know what training hard is. The other, the other day, was it yesterday? I was training legs. And I remember I was doing the hack squat and my goal was anywhere between 11 to 13 reps, same weight as the week before, but I was trying to get one to two more reps more Again, progressive overload right there. Remember progressive overload is not just load. Okay. It's not just load. You can increase one extra rep. You can increase one extra rep, which plays a huge role. But I remember my mind was taking over. My mind was telling me you don't have two more reps left. Well, I ended up doing those two reps because I told myself to shut up because your mind will want to take over. So doing this verbal test talk will really help push through those barriers. And again, let me tell you, this is where the muscle growth is going to happen. If you guys, if this is going to be something new to you, if you're listening to this podcast right now, if you're watching my live DM me, drop some fire emojis, do whatever. Let me know if you're going to try it out and, you know, see the progressions. Okay. So the third one, to um, just three ways to figure out your RIR is how sore are you after the session? I remember I've had a couple situations when I really actually trained hard, you know, RIR one to two. And my soreness was really, really good the next day. I had delayed onset muscle soreness. My nervous system was slightly fatigued. You know, this is going to be all dependent on exercise selection and, and how you approach your exercises. But it is also a good indication of muscle soreness. You know, if you have that correct muscle soreness, you know, if you do your session again, chest press, 
uh, lat pull down, whatever, and you're finding yourself just not getting sore, ask yourself, okay, well, how hard are these sets? You know, example, I see it all the time when people are doing a lat pull down, they get to that couple reps left and they still had several more reps, but it can go vice versa, which I'm going to talk to here for a second, because some people can take this information and think, okay, well, I have to train close to failure. But what happens when you train close to failure? what can happen? Well, form can break. And I see it a lot with like a lat pull down, but having soreness is a good indicator that, hey, I'm actually training relatively close to failure. And this is where you can start counting your volume. You know, a lot of people, I laugh at this all the time when people tell me, you know, oh, I do, I do 25 sets for chest or I do 30 plus sets for chest. Okay. Studies have shown anywhere between 10 to 20 sets is optimal. Okay. You know, I always say this, do the least amount of work to get the greatest results. And this is where a lot of people, they think volume is king, but effort and intensity is king. When you are really focused on your RIR and you're doing hard sets, you should only need to be doing anywhere between maybe 10 to 15 sets up, maybe 20 for some people, but 10 to 15 per day for the muscle group that you're actually trying to shoot for. Okay. So I want to kind of talk about number three, a little bit more, because like I said, there's these two forms of paths that people go. They train very hard to failure and they're sore about, you know, three to four days. You know, example, I train chest down on Monday and I do 10 to 12 really hard sets. All my sets are relatively close to failure. I have a couple of them that I do maybe a mile set, um, which is like a rest pause set or a drop set. Um, and my soreness is relatively high. And I'm doing everything right. My stress is good, is low, not high. Sleep is good. Nutrition is good. Okay, I'm sore. And then I get back to my Friday and I train again. And I do another 10 to 12 sets. And then there's the other path that people are like, oh, well, I just trained too hard this today and I'm just not recovering. Well, I'm always looking at that and say, okay, why aren't you recovering? Yes, you trained hard, but we have to look at your biofeedback as well. We have to look at your sleep. Lots of times I see people that can't recover. You know, they want to train in that RIR of zero or one to two, and their sleep is extremely poor, you know, less than seven hours. You know, they're getting maybe four to five hours. Um, their nutrition is off. Typically protein is not being hit. So again, I'm a huge advocate on tracking your, your macros. A lot of people make it a really a difficult thing to do when it's really not that hard. I actually was trying to do a day worth of tracking a few days ago, which I'm eating about 4,000 calories right now, 250 grams of protein. And I didn't log till the end of the night. And it took me about less than three minutes out, out of my day. You know, I added everything in and I'm going to, I'm going to do a podcast on my fitness pals to see if I can give you guys some tips. But the point is, it is very important that when you're training in this form of intensity, that you guys are paying attention to your sleep. You're paying attention to your stress levels. You're paying attention to how many times you're getting out and going for walks and getting sunlight to activate good hormones like serotonin. It's important to understand that when you're not sleeping good and testosterone goes down, you're not going to recover. So when you go back into the gym, you're going to think, oh, and I've seen this a lot too, that people think, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to have to do a deload this week. Where, where what they need to deload is they don't need the actual deload week. They need to actually 
get their sleep. They need to actually get their supplements right. And again, if I could pick supplements over sleep, sleep is number one. You know, people get so caught up in supplements, which supplements help. They are, what are they? they? They supplement, they help you. Um, but they aren't, they aren't the king. Okay. You need to look at all the, the habits that you're building day in and day out to get to your spot. Again, I put elite in my brand for a reason. I want to be elite. I want to have an elite physique. I want to have an elite mindset. And what do I need to do to have that? And that's going to be some of the cornerstones is sleep, managing stress, and also managing your en energy balance. Okay. So one of the other things I want to go into now, just covered Three big things. Again, if you're driving, don't write this down. But if you're watching the live, thank you for watching. Um, write these down. Okay, okay. The, the three things to help figure out your RIR, to scale your RIR, is number one, rep speed when failure is close. Okay. Number two is verbal RIR test talk. And then number three is how sore you are after that, that session. You know, your delayed onset muscle soreness, fatigue, and whatnot. Okay. Now, going into the next section here is I got a question for you. This is a huge question. You know, you're getting amped up like, OK, I need to train maybe a little harder. I need to start seeing a little bit more muscle growth. Question here. Do you have the right to train in that reps and reserve? Do you have the right to train close to failure with that exercise? And the reason why I'm asking you this is because a lot of people want to train to close to failure. They want to train hard. They want to have that effort, for an example, a chest press but their form is completely off. And like I just said here about five minutes ago is you need to make sure you understand building skill. You have to build the correct effort around that movement. Again, like I said, you need to set up the exercise correctly. You need to stabilize the physique, your profile. And then number three, you need to initiate with the correct muscle fibers. And lots of times when you get really close to failure, when you get really close to failure, um, you, you tend to lose a lot of things. You know, when you do a chest press, you know, the chest starts to fail. The interior delt takes over. When you do a back squat, your quads start to fail. Your glutes start to fail. Your low back starts to take over. That's why I don't like uh, back squats in hypertrophy. I think a hack squat's a lot better. So when you get close to failure, you have that stability with the pad. That's a whole nother topic. If you want to talk about that, send me a DM. But the important thing is ask yourself, do I have the right to train hard to failure, you know, do I need to first work on form? Do I need to work on creating stimulation? And when I say stimulation, I'm talking about stimulation to the fibers that you're actually trying to work. You know, mind muscle connection, what that really means is just having tension with every centimeter of that range of motion. So this is one of the biggest progressions I tell myself every time because people get so obsessed with increasing load and also reps. But when you take that chest press to the full range of motion, you should be looking at did each centimeter, every inch that I'm doing this press, is it getting better? That's where muscle growth is going to help happen. And that mind muscle control is just, it's tension. It's having that tension day in and day out. So when you're doing that pressing motion, you're actually feeling the muscle fibers activate. Okay. And the big thing on this guys, it's practice. You know, it can get very, you know, frustrating at times when you're slowly trying to build up, um, you know, your workouts, you're trying to train hard and you just want to progress as fast as you can. I've been doing this for now training in the hypertrophy world for seven years. Okay. I still, to this day, 
sometimes when I'm doing a hard top set, which I'm going to talk about here in a second, I still have compensations. My interior delts still want to take over. Sometimes, if you guys have follow me on Instagram, I have pretty big size shoulders. And for the longest time, my shoulders always wanted to take over. They always wanted to take over when I was doing my chest pressing and my alignments. So it's always very important for me and the profile of my physique to find those correct alignments. And if you guys know who this is, Joe Bennett, thanks to him, he helped me understand and realize, you know, where my alignment was supposed to be. But just understand, guys, to be patient with the process, you know, training hard and training close to mechanical failure, it takes skill. It's not just grab that weight and go to failure. It's about building up every inch of that range of motion and building skill. It's just like any sport. If you play golf, I just started golf. My goodness, that is a hard sport. It's a hard sport. There's so much that goes into a golf swing. It's the same with exercise. It's the same with hypertrophy training, building skill around that. So I also wanted to break down you guys before I talk about um, kind of a demonstration of how RIR would look like in a four-week mesocycle, which is just mesocycle is just a fancy word. Uh, for a four-week training block. Like every four weeks, you have a mesocycle. Mesocycles typically um, range from four to six weeks. But you need to understand that when you are tracking your volume, your volume in a workout, the volume in your training, that you are tracking your top sets. You're not tracking your warm-up sets. Um, this is something I see a lot in training that people go into their workout and they go into that warm-up set and when the warm-up set is set, they just do that warm-up set um, and things happen. They think, oh, this is this is my working set. This is it. And they walk away. I'm actually laughing right now because somebody's on my live that knows what this warm-up set stuff is. It's actually my wife um, <laughs> that knows all about warm-up sets. I'm, I'm laughing right now. She's probably smirking. Um, but she she knows what warm-up sets in. She likes, she likes her warm-up sets. She loves her warm-up sets. Um, but it's, it's, it's very important to understand that you guys are tracking your top sets, top sets, you know, for an example, say my, my sets per week for chest is 10. Okay. That is 10 top sets. That is not warm up sets. And it's important to understand that warm up sets are there for what is it to warm up, to build that tension around the muscle, you know, for an example, leg extension, you know, you're training the rec fem, you're in that flex position at the hip, say you're shooting for 15 to 20 reps, those two to three warm up sets should be anywhere between an RIR to four, you know, three to six, you should have all of that through keeping the warm up sets and getting blood flow into that before you go into your top sets, which again, that I was talking about is that RAR of zero uh, to two. Again, game changer. When people say I do 25 sets of chest or I do 30 sets for legs a week, I always ask them which ones are the warmups and which ones are the top sets. And they always give me that look like, what are you talking about? This is going to be a game changer. When you understand what you need to record, and I call them logbook, these are the logbook um, sets that you are recording on those top sets, okay? So guys, I wanted to also do one more thing here in this podcast. I've been chirping here for almost 25 minutes, which is awesome. Um, I love it. Um, and thank you, everybody who's tuning into the, uh, the podcast on the live. I appreciate you. Um, is a demonstration of how you would put RIR in a in a, mes a just in a mesocycle, um, and 
very, very, very simple demonstration here. So say week one of your mesocycle, you're in the acclimate phase. You're acclimating to the movements. It's your new phase. You're doing a, uh, let's say you're doing a five-day split. You're doing pull day one, day two, you're doing push, Wednesday legs, Thursday's off. And then you have pull again Thursday, I'm sorry, Friday. And then uh, Saturday you have, uh, you have your push day. Okay, week one. Where you should you right away go off go off into that hard failure set? No, I don't think you should. I think you should be anywhere between an RAR of two to three. You should acclimate, get your warm up sets in, and then from week one to week two, you should really get that good set of where your RIR should be. Which I like I said, you know, week one you should be around two to three. From there, that's when you work in the intensity, and then you check your biofeedback. You might have general soreness on an RAR of two to three. If you wake up the next day and you're like, yo, I'm sore. Great, that's where we need to be with that weight, okay? And as you go into week two, focus on that RIR. By week three and week four, depending on biofeedback, depending on how muscle soreness you have, how central fatigue you have, how your mindset is, you know, this is where a lot of people fall off the wagon is because right when they go into their mesocycle, they don't understand how to auto-regulate. They don't know how to adjust their volume and intensity. And this is something that I do in the back end. A lot of my, and my, 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 um, my clients know I do this, but it takes a lot of work to understand and figure out what and where those sets should go. And I call it the sweet spot. Everybody has a sweet spot. Everybody has a sweet spot. Some people are going to respond better at 15 sets. Some people are going to respond better at 18 sets. Some people are going to respond better at 10 sets. And again, this is all dependent on your nutrition, your sleep, your digestion, your hunger, everything. Um, but understand that going out of that acclimate, RIR of two to three, week one, week two. Now, week three, week four, depending on that biofeedback and how soreness and again, progressions, progressive overload, right? How your progressions are, say every week is 12 to 15 reps for every exercise to make this simple, 12 to 15. And each week, your goal is to take that RAR down from two to three down to one. And then maybe week four is zero, zero to one. Well, what, what are you going to probably end up doing is increasing maybe load by two and a half to five pounds, or, or that could be just increasing of reps. That's really going to be dependent on that individual. But for this demonstration, let's say we're just looking to increase your weight to two and a half to five pounds per week. Again, saying form is good. Okay. Cause that's another thing people are like, okay. I have to increase load. Coach wants me to increase load, but when they're trying to increase load, what happens sometimes form goes in the gutter and that's where we need to take a step back. Let's work on this skill before we take that two and a half and add it that five pounds on that bar. So just understand that's how you should work your way up. A lot of times I just had a conversation with somebody a few weeks ago, and I'm not going to say the individual's name and or the coach that this person's working with, but started that week one mezzo. It was leg day everything was to failure and this individual could not even sit on the toilet. And I just, to me is that that's just poor programming. That's poor understanding biofeedback. Um, and it's very important to understand that you are understanding it, flowing with it. And then also this is where check-ins come into play too. You know, if you are working with the coach, an example at me as a coach, I am constantly asking questions about this in the biofeedback check-in that I have with the Build Elite training form is how soreness is looking, how mindset is, did how hard did you train? Because I might have an RAR of two on your set or for your exercise, but you go into that workout with poor sleep. Are you really going to train that hard? 
or you're going to have so much sleep deprivation that you're not going to be able to train hard. A lot of questions to be answered there. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. That was episode 12. And uh, I appreciate each and one of each one of you. And if you guys found value in today's podcast, please screenshot it, share it to your Instagram, your social media, your Facebook. I appreciate you. Have the best day of your life. And we'll talk soon. See you.